Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine this. You're stranded on an island forever. But don't freak out because you get to bring one dish with you. Your desert island dish. What is it? Every week your hosts, Paul and Tegan, that's us. Hello. Hello. We'll ask this question. They'll chat with and torment a literal raft of guests on the island who'll dish up stories, gossip and culinary secrets. But they all have one big thing in common. They bloody love food. Welcome to Dish Island. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Dish Island. I'm Paul Verhoeven. I'm Tegan Higginbotham. And Paul, you know how we were talking about Kath and Kim last week? Yeah. Well, it kind of got me thinking about the other Australian institutions, you know, the shows that were the, that make up the fabric of who we are. And do you know what I started thinking about? The Lubemobile ad? <laughs> no, I wasn't thinking of the Lubemobile ad, although that's going to be in my head for the rest of the evening. You're welcome. I was thinking of the show... Amazing. Did you ever used to watch Amazing? I was raised on Amazing. In fact, when I landed the role of Steampunks, which is the kids' quiz show I hosted, the entire brief was, let's just do Amazing again. All right, there's a lot of information there that I'm not sure if all of our listeners will be to. Okay, <laughs> let's go back to the start. Let's go back to the start. Okay, okay. so Paul, who I'm pointing at right now, he used to be uh, a children's game show host. You were doing that just before I met you, actually. And I remember on our very first date, this little kid came up to you and went, are you the Inquisitor? And I was like, what the f*** is all this shit about? We were at the Doctor Who Symphony concert. Yeah, do you remember? It was this really cute little kid. And I was like, what is he talking about? But you were called the Inquisitor on a show called Steampunks, which was an ABC game show for kids. That's right. A very big, very strange show. It ran from 2012, actually with reruns through to 2017. And it was in this aircraft hangar size studio out of the Channel 7 studios in Sydney. And it was a really, really big part of my life. But but one of the things they actually wanted to do was, yeah, try and recapture the magic of, as you said, Tegan, this iconic Australian quiz show called Amazing, hosted by this kinetic ball of energy called James Sherry. Now, if you missed Amazing when you were younger, uh, gosh, how do you describe it? Each week... <laughs> two schools would be pitted against each other. So from, from the same area. Yeah, from the same area. So they'd have some kids from one school, some kids from the others, and they would battle it out on this game show with mazes and spelling challenges. But it all built up to the final challenge of this show where two different kids had to race around this maze, this this intricate maze with levels and hiding spaces and abandoned cars and rooms with mirrors and ball pits and all sorts of exciting things looking for letters. And at home, if you were watching it, you know, you'd just be sitting there screaming at the television because the kids always missed the letters. Like they always forgot to put their hand in the third honey pot or whatever it was and you'd be infuriated. It was such a great show. And that is why I am so excited by today's guest. That's right. We are interviewing the maze. We, n- 
We've never interviewed a physical structure before, and we've heard it. He doesn't say much. No, this show is part of Australian folklore. An entire generation of kids grew up watching this show, and our guest today is the host of Amazing. You may have also seen him on Saturday Disney. He hosted, I mean, that was one of the things I watched him on. 1990 to 1994, he hosted Saturday Disney. He hosted Amazing. And now he works with you, Tegan. Is that right? Yeah, he does. I know. I rocked up to work and I was like, it's James Sherry from Amazing. And it's, <laughs> it is really exciting for me every single day, I've got to admit. He's iconic, he's wonderful, and he's promised us both Game Boys. <gasps> That's right. It's James Sherry. Well, James Sherry, or as I was first introduced to you when I was a very young person, Mr. Amazing himself, welcome to Dish Island. Thank you for joining us. Oh my God, it's so nice to be here after the cold of Melbourne. It's like this beautiful island. It's great. Well, that's it. Yeah, you're on our magical floating island. Um, as always, we like to ask our special guests, how did you get here? It's a funny one. I was on it. I was on a, um, oh my God, I can't even think of what the name of the thing's called. You know, it's got two wheels. And uh, and you got the handle, and you it's you uh, the scooters, one of those paddle things with the rub with like the plastic hollow wheels. No, remember the guy? Remember the guy doing the cricket, and he went round behind, and he hit the helmet, and he crashed. The, what's, oh my oh, god! Are what's you talking about those things? Um, oh, you know, Paul, like, like, a jet ski? No, no, no. If you're like, if you are on an uh, you know, a really lame tour group, you see them sometimes around Paris. The thing that you stand yeah. on, and it's got the two wheels, and you hold. Oh wait, a Segway! Oh, oh my god, a Segway! Segway! <laughs> oh god! So you are right. <laughs> We were professional entertainers and we could not think of the word Segway. The creator of the Segway actually died. Uh, he went off a cliff on his own creation, which is just, I mean, that. Is that a joke? Oh, or is that's that terrible. I'm sorry to bring the room down, but no, this is completely true. If you really want to be depressed and confused, which is very easy in this day and age, just Google Segway creator untimely death. Anyway, so so you got here on a Segway? So you remember the guy at the cricket, he hit the helmet and he crashed the Segway on the on the uh i think it was the mcg so so i was running a segway down the street and and i've crashed into someone's helmet and i fell down a gutter and i've gone in through the grill and got washed down through the pipes into the bay and drifted along and bang here i am on the island i washed up on the beach wow well look i mean yeah violent they always are on dish island but i have to admit one of the more imaginative ways to get here so thrilled to have you i mean the name dish island well it was named after the podcast i think (laughs) (laughs) we tried (laughs) we tried to come up with really interesting names and then we're getting so confused by the law we're like you know what it's about food We'll call it Dish Island. I thought it was because takes because you're a bit of a dish. Stop it. <laughs> Here's a question. Did you did the Segway come with you? Did you cling to it like flotsam or did it is it gone now? Oh, it's gone. The wheels got caught on the grate over the gutter. And yet you fit through. You must be very svelte to fit through a typical storm drain. I've worked really hard to get rid of the COVID kilos. So uh, (laughs) I'm feeling pretty good about myself at the moment. To stay sane in lockdown, a lot of people did throw themselves into cooking. That's certainly what Paul and I did. But on the Mm. other hand, a lot of people threw themselves into nostalgia and started going back over the beloved television shows of their Mm. youth. And yeah. so that is at a time where Paul and I sat down and it was, it started from a slightly narcissistic place. We were watching some of Paul's shows, Steampunks, and he started. I love Steampunks. Oh, no, you don't really. Yeah. I thought it was great fun. I loved it. What did you, did you do like, like something like 40 episodes? Is that, is that all you did? 
We shot 40 episodes. We did 40, 30 minute episodes. We shot four a day. And I understand that you shot five a day of amazing. So you, yeah. Yeah. But I was looking at the amount of children that uh, we antagonized on steampunks and it was 140 <laughs> kids. What was your total? What was your grand total when you finished amazing? How many kids it did was, you have? It was around the two and a half thousand mark. Oh my god. Oh yes. My god. So, um, but we didn't really torment them because I mean we weren't shooting, you know, guns of gunk at them. You know, we, we were they, they were <laughs> they were doing stuff to achieve. They weren't being like, you know, smacked down and shot at and <laughs> splattered. Now you make it sound As like it this was Vietnam, James. And to be fair, <laughs> what's what's funny is a few of the ex-contestants have reached out and gone, "Man, that was a confusing time in my life." Because I didn't meet them out of character. You were you were James Sherry on camera, right? You were you. Yeah. You weren't playing yeah. a character. I was playing yeah. this weird screaming man, uh, and the kids yeah. didn't meet me out of character. They got flung <laughs> down a series of tubes out of fireplace and action, and I just was yeah. yelling at them. But every every week, you know, five five times a week, you would bounce onto set as yourself. I mean, what was yeah. that like recognition-wise? Did you start to get mobbed in the street? No, 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 not really. It, was, um, it, it wasn't. It wasn't overwhelming. There was, you know, the odd occasion where, someone would say something or, you know, you'd notice someone across the street pointing and, oh, you know, across the road. But, um, you know, it was never, it was never a um, mob kind of situation. I'm surprised to hear that because your show, I was speaking with somebody the other day about how great that time was where you didn't have the choice between 10 different streaming platforms and a hundred different channels. When you got home from school, you either watched ABC seven, nine or 10. And really that's already too many choices because many of them weren't broadcasting for kids. So everyone was watching the same thing. Everybody was watching amazing. That's just, that's just what it was. And be feeling gutted that our school was never chosen as one of the ones to compete. I think I went to school in a uh, place called Daddy Nong. And I think, um, I'm, first of all, they don't allow switchblades on amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We would have been there stealing one of the penguins. Well, we did have a car there. We were worried about you knocking off the Gemini. So. <laughs> But, you know, it was, it was such, it was such a cultural, I don't know. Touchstone. Touchstone in, in so many people's youths. And I've seen people gasp around you. You don't say that it's big, but I've seen people be like, oh, it's amazing. James Sherry from Amazing. <laughs> I've seen that with my own eyes. What I want to know, though, is I know how special it was as a show to me. But now that we have you in safe space, we're all trapped on Dish Island. I mm. want to know about the times it went wrong. Did any kids <laughs> accidentally like face plant in the car or did they go through the room of mirrors and just run into the room of mirrors like surely it's kids excited and hepped up on television stuff must have gone wrong or did someone go into the ball pit and never emerge (laughs) well when i said two and a half thousand there are about six children that are unaccounted for we don't know (laughs) yes we sent them in they didn't come out no letters no points but no we um we, we basically it was shot warts and all like if you know if you stumbled if you if you if you made mistakes, it was just, it was there for the world to see, you know, we just, we kept it all. In fact, recently, a couple of people shared with me, um, there was a thing that was put on TikTok. It was a clip of a, a young man. He was a, he was from, his parents were from the Czech Republic. He um, was telling me about an Easter tradition, an Easter tradition, <laughs> words. And uh, he was saying that they, um, the Czechs would, um, they would, whip women uh, as part of their Easter tradition. 
And I mean, that all stayed in the show. It just, it all went to air because, you know, it's like this, this was a young person, a 12-year-old who wanted to share something about his culture. And uh, well, if that's what he wants to share, we can share that. So everything stayed in. It all, we, we just kept it all in. Except that one time when I misspelled balloon. The kids came out, they typed the word balloon on the big keyboard and then they came back like running through the maze. They picked up their letters and they came back and handed me the letters. And I go, all right, let's have a look at what you've got from balloon. You've got the B, you've got the A, you've got an L, you've got another L that once. So we don't need that. You've got two O's and N, there you go. Well, that's 60 points. And then, yeah, we had to we had to stop tape and go, ah, you know, balloon's got two L's. Oh, that's great. Oh that's my... really good. Do you ever watch, yeah. I mean, because everyone likes to watch quiz shows and yell the answers, right? And one of the great joys of Amazing was watching the maze run screaming at these children. Because oh, there'd always be that bit as well where the, the camera would like slow pan down and it's stuck on the back of a door. And you'd be like, you idiot, Katie. Katie yeah. was on the back of the door. Oh, man. You'd get so upset yeah. for these kids. So so the one, some of the most common things that people say to me today um, is, oh, James from Amazing, it was in the back of the cactus. That's one of the most common things that people call out to me. It was in the back of the cactus. It was in the car. Yeah, it was always in the car. We had the advantage at home, didn't we, of watching where where the letters were, seeing that in the camera shot. But, yeah, that 12-year-old running through, under pressure because all their schoolmates were yelling at them from the seats and they were on national television. You know, they couldn't fail. And I think that... I have a much greater understanding now about what adrenaline can do. Uh, for example, Paul and I had to do a quiz on um, ABC Radio National, ABC Radio National, their drive show, just yeah. the other day. And um, in the heat of the moment, trying to be funny and, and answer questions, I couldn't tell you what the name of our prime minister was. It's Joke. balloon. Probably. It's balloon. <laughs> <laughs> moment of blanking just completely blanking and you know just talking around it you know to try and to cover for the fact that I went oh my god I can't remember what his name is yeah I can imagine if you're a kid as well and just all the adrenaline in that moment that would be full on and you've got a game boy on the line yeah were you a gamer at the at the time James because I remember hearing stories about you playing Mario Kart on set which is I mean that just sounds like heaven to me how much did video games play a role in your in your off hours during the shoot yeah look i wasn't a huge gamer myself but we would shoot two days back to back because the set was so big so they would put the set in on like a monday and we would film all day tuesday and then on tuesday afternoon once the schools had left those two schools um i'd sit down with the there were five um like studio crew who you know did the kid wrangling and set up the 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 um, Nintendos and, you know, loaded the letters and the keys into the maze and stuff. So we would all sit down and we would have uh, Mario Kart round robins. Like we would just like play for like two, three, four hours. Um, And then we'd all go, you know, they'd go home. I'd go off to the hotel next morning, come back in, shoot another five episodes and then I'd go home. So yeah, that night in between the two days of shooting, um, we would, we would game ourselves senseless. It was great fun. It wasn't like a job. We were just having fun mucking around, you know, like that's that's what that's how we lived it. We just we just had fun. You said something just then which slightly alarmed me. You said when they put the set back in, are you telling me that they removed the set every week and then put it back into the studio? Yeah, every second week. 
Wow. Uh, we'd be in for two days. So, because they had other things that they had to make, there were other shows that they had to do. So, when it was in Brisbane, there was games like oh, games, game shows like uh, Family Feud mm. was in the same studio. So, like if Family Feud was being done on a Thursday, for example, so they'd take us out on the Wednesday, put Family Feud in, record Family Feud, take that out, put something else in on Friday, record that on the Monday, and then they would do like Time Masters or something like that on the Wednesday, Thursday or Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever. So there was always something different in the studio, wow. which is why we did two days every second week. James, does that mean the set still exists somewhere in storage? Is the, is the, <laughs> if we, no. if we can't slip a hundo to somebody and get the set rebuilt in some warehouse and have some weird Hunger Games style recreation of the show? No, no, but I, there's a, <laughs> there's um, a couple of places like Inflatable World. Have you heard of Inflatable World? It's a kid's play place when you got to have kids birthday parties and whatever mm. but they're like just giant inflatables there's a whole heap of inflatables and there's things you can climb on and there's nets and you know tunnels and bouncy bits and it's almost like the amazing maze but it's just giant inflatables you could easily like hire out a place like that and and hide some letters and and relive your childhood if you wanted to many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify plus they accept most insurance plans to get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. God, that would be amazing. Has, uh, I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> drink. I didn't even know. Has anybody, I mean, surely there have been conversations about bringing this back. Oh, it must have been. I know what's happened. Yeah. I'm, you're, you're, what you really want to know is has some Saudi prince offered you 1.5 mil to come across? And you know how <laughs> you'll hear about some Saudi prince hires J-Lo secretly for his son's birthday. And it's crazy. There's pyrotechnics and there's camels and clothing. I mean, have you ever been Bulls offered? clothing. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been offered an obscene amount of money to just rock up at someone's party and recreate this? Or as Tegan said, you know, do you want to do it again? No, look, there have been conversations um, over the years. There's been various sort of mentions. But as you said, there's now like, like a dozen different streaming platforms and, you know, then there's free-to-air television and there's, you know, people are like living in social media that don't necessarily watch any television at all. So it's not like television used to be and I think this was a unique beast that existed in a specific time I don't know that bringing it back something that apart from the nostalgic point of view I don't know that I don't know where it fits do you know what I mean it is such a different space for television at the moment you know to trying to think where something like that would fit I mean there are hardly there's hardly anything that people are watching live anymore except for sport, you know, which is the world that you mm. and I now find each, uh, each other in. After Amazing and that mm. whole, uh, I, did, I did a little bit of a deep dive into your career to see just what happened between then and now where I know you. And yeah. there was one credit there that I am so confused about. There's an IMDB entry uh, and there's another James Sherry somewhere in the world. Um, oh, so, okay, yeah. So apparently you're in I'll Be Home for Christmas <laughs> with yeah. with Jonathan yeah. Taylor Thomas and you yeah. play the Ken Man. Yeah, that, that didn't happen. 
my God. Yeah, so you can't believe everything you read on the internet. You're in another film with William Shatner, apparently, a baseball <laughs> film. <laughs> oh, man, that would have been a great look, day. I, I'm just I'm just showing Paul this. It, you look at all of the – you're apparently in uh, Big Bully, Omen 5. <laughs> no. Is this on IMDb you're reading this? Yeah. Because I did some research on IMDb as well because um, I know – I know when you guys were like looking at setting up steampunks, you said in the meeting, let's create a show that's as good as amazing. And, uh, and I looked at IMDb and I saw that uh, amazing, it, it ranks, it rates 8.4 out of 10 yeah. uh, from all the feedback. Steampunks, 7.6. Oh. So you know what? You created a show. <laughs> you created a show that is as good as amazing. How about that? Oh my god! Couldn't even get close, Paul. This is like this is like that this is, is close. Like, That's very close. It's it close. Right. It's an out of body experience to be talking with you about, about hosting kids TV. I mean, I keep hearing yeah. these because ten years ago was when Steampunks came out, and um, the producer Anthony uh, <laughs> occasionally goes, "Hey, we should uh, we should do some sort of reunion thing." I mean, but and I keep saying, "Look, it's ten years ago. I'm I've aged out of the gig, but actually, I think I'd kind of be." much better at it now if somebody said hey we've rebuilt the maze we're good to go he's i almost said he's your costume but you didn't really have a costume did you you didn't you just had you know regular clothes <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah you were dressed yeah. in a very era specific yeah. way um <laughs> like pacey from dawson's creek but what i'm curious about is you know they say it's like riding a bike you know there's certain things you can just you could just get back into there's certain friendships you could just hang out with the person it's like no time has passed at all if we just yeah. yanked you with like a giant skill tester claw and popped you onto the set of the show and let's say it was adults who were on the show originally and they're just down for the kind of nostalgia and they get it and it's wholesome and it's weird do you reckon you could just roll straight into it or will we have to put you through a boot camp well, look, firstly, if you just yanked me with a skill tester claw, there's a very good chance you're going to drop me before we get anywhere near the maze. <laughs> but I would absolutely jump at that 100%. That would be absolutely awesome. I've actually met a couple of the contestants. Um, I think it's like four of them out of two and a half thousand. Um, I've like run into them. I saw one at the MCG one day. Uh, we had a, a, a night at a um, at Bartronica in Melbourne City. And uh, one of the former contestants turned up to that and, uh, you know, just meeting these guys. It was so cool meeting them and just talking about their experiencing and reliving that with them. To actually do that on the set and to redo the show with them would be awesome. With them as adults, that would be that would be awesome. I mean, I mean, let's do it. I've got a glint in my eye and I can just see it all coming together. James. We've, we've, we've picked your brain about amazing enough. We do need to wrangle this back to food somehow. Yeah. One of the things that I love about food, I was actually musing on just earlier this week, and it was a situation that you were involved with in just how food brings people together. And, you know, we both work at AFL House now and it's, you know, everybody there is busy and everybody's got a million things to do. And it's the sort of place where, you you know, you start your day with a hello, but then you really don't interact too much, I find, with every other department. But on a Monday, around lunchtime, a whole bunch of people cram in around this big table in the middle of the building and they yeah. have their lunch and everybody comments on everybody else's lunch, like who brought it in, who got takeaway and all that sort of stuff. There's always somebody with a shit-looking sandwich. And then <laughs> we all do 
the quiz, the quiz from the weekend. And yeah. God, I love that moment. See, isn't food awesome that it does that? It brings all of those people from different areas of the business together. Um, and, and we get to share that time and you get to actually appreciate your, your workmates as human beings, as other people, not just as workmates. So, yeah, food is, is awesome in that way. Um, I, I've asked you not to mention my shit-looking sandwiches. You know, it's embarrassing. Please <laughs> stop bringing it up. It really, it hurts. Um, it, it hurts. But, yes, food's great. And, you know, one of my favourite things in life is, is when I have a big family dinner, like, you know, someone's birthday or Christmas or, you know, Easter and, and, a, and a big group of us, like really close friends, family, you know, when there's 16 people around our table and we're all eating together and, and it's just that noise that bubbles around the table with everyone talking and laughing and eating and, and enjoying their company. I just, that's, that's my favourite time. Well, unfortunately, that's not what eating on the island is like. It's quite a terrifying, solitary, lost-style experience. And <laughs> given that you've given that you've provided us with a really interesting sort of food biography, and we've learned a lot about you as a person, I have to ask, James, and we ask this of all our guests, but you're trapped here on our island forever, unfortunately, and you've been allowed to bring one dish with you, your desert island dish. Now, what is that dish, James? It's the one thing that I I'm, I'm get to eat for the rest of my life. The rest of your life, yeah. Um, bacon. <laughs> Wait. It, it, you, that, now, that can be your answer. I mean, you know how quiz shows work. We lock this shit in, but I mean, could you ex- extrapolate a little bit? Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not just one food. Like it can be like a meal. Yeah, oh. definitely a meal. I mean, you don't have to have a meal. We had Greg Davis on the show uh, a couple of weeks back and he just wanted sausages. Nothing with. He wanted crap sausages. He wanted shitty sausages. Exactly. Oh, yeah, Cause they're good. They're good. They're, yeah. they're really good. Exactly. So if you just want a bacon, I mean, you'll die. But if that's what makes you happy, I, I think mm. bacon's a, a fine answer. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I've got a little secret for you. When, when people cook, right, and, and they place the dish in front of somebody and, and the person tastes it and they go, oh, this is a very good whatever it is. This is very, very good. What have you added to it? <laughs> the answer is invariably cinnamon or bacon. So, you know, I might die, but I'm going to die very happy because bacon makes things better. The amount of dishes now that Paul doesn't eat pork that we've just had to scrap because they... Paul doesn't eat, eat pork? Paul doesn't eat pork, no. Sorry, you should have mentioned that right at the start. I wouldn't have been sitting here for the last 35 <laughs> minutes talking with you. But there are so What's many the story dishes? there, man? We're like, why don't you eat pork? Well, as you pointed out, I've had, now had to replace everything pork-based with cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> No, I just as look. Listeners will know this, but I, I keep I keep cutting animals out of my diet because I keep meeting animals I like. Now, chicken's still on the table, seafood's still yeah. here, and for, for some reason, lamb. But yeah, pork pork went a while ago, and I miss it terribly. Yeah, okay, I understand that. I understand right. that. Each well, to look, their own. It wouldn't. I couldn't do it. Just to really, if we if we're gonna go just bacon, I think we need before we let you go a bit more specificity. So. First of all, like, do you like a British style bacon where it's a bit thicker or do you like a really crispy, fatty piece of bacon? And then is there a sauce that you want with it? 
I don't, I don't understand why you're being so discriminatory. Bacon is bacon. Like, <laughs> give, me a, give me a side of bacon and a sharp knife and I'll slice it like however I feel that day. If I want some like really thin, um, you know, like so that it all goes all crispy and crackly, then great. Or crackly, there you go. See, don't take the rind off. Just like slip the knife underneath and, and like take the rind off your bacon in a slab and then you can make crackling. See what I'm doing there? And if I've got the bacon all in one big piece, then I can actually like cut it up into chunks and do, you know, I could get some, you know, pandan leaves or I could I could pull a banana. There's trees on this island, right? Yeah, like yeah. Trees trees and, yeah. Yeah, and like Marianne makes coconut cream pies and stuff like that. It sounds like what you want is a magical pig, like a pig that never runs out. Like you just, we'll just give you a magical pig that kind of winks and waggles its rump at you and you just go to work, doesn't hurt, grows back straight away and you can just get whatever cut you want. Is that okay? Yeah, that is sexy. That is sexy right there. Okay, I like it. We're reviving a game show and writing a new and very strange children's book. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Thank you for joining us on Dish Island, James. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, look, the pleasure's been all mine. And can I just please, like, finish with, my one and only food joke that I wrote many, many years ago. Yes. God, yes. What is the funniest food? I don't know. What is the funniest food? A muesli. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. I've never kicked anyone off the island before, but um, I'm really considering. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? Food funds are amazing. There are two things I noticed about that chat with James Sherry Paul. Mm-hmm. The first one, I think that there is a very small possibility that if enough people banded together, one day we could see James Sherry hosting Amazing Again and it would be the greatest thing on earth. What's the second thing? We hardly spoke about food in that episode. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I seem to remember there being some sort of food-related aspect to the maze, but I think... It I'm... wasn't. No, but you know in those kids shows from that era, there's always, like, colourful, quasi-edible goop being poured on people? Yeah, or... but as James said, not his show. Maybe you're just confused with the fact that... Because when Amazing was on was generally when you've just gotten home from school, mm. and that's always when your mum gave you a snack. You know, like, what snack did your mum give you when you got home from school? Right. Oh, wait, you are asking me? Yeah, it's an actual question. What'd uh, you get? Uh, my only resounding memory of getting home from school is mum and dad were at work and so I put on the kind of heater, the radiator in the lounge room and I would get a skewer and I held up a piece of bread and pretended I was camping. Is that the saddest thing you've oh, ever heard geez, on this show? I just, I wanted it to be something fun and peppy and you've just, ah, <laughs> oh, you've just unfurled this whole ball of sadness I right call, into the... I call this story a Russian Christmas. <laughs> It is grim. No, no, I, look, we weren't allowed any kind of confectionery, so we would basically go across to the uh, news agents across from school, get candy, eat it as fast as possible, and then go home and wait for the treat that would never come. How we about were, you? We got a Freddo. You got a Freddo? We could choose fruit or a Freddo, so we ate Freddos. Would you like a hug or would you like me to wave a gun in your face? <laughs> What a stupid choice. Well, technically, if you chose the fruit, you got more food because, you know, a piece of fruit is bigger than a Freddo. Freddos these days, look, I just need to. I'm sorry. We're trying to wrap up the episode. But have you seen how small Freddos are these days? Yeah. It's a joke. Actually, Tegan, what's happened is you've gotten bigger and the Freddo has shrunk in comparison to you. Me want you Freddo for Bell Bell. <laughs> 
Oh, man, you wouldn't even have to look around the maze if you were that big. You could just stand on it. I am amazing. I'm sorry, I don't like that voice at all. No one does. But you know what we do like? You, listeners. You are all absolutely wonderful. And we would love to hear from you if any of you were amongst the thousands of children who ran around the maze in Amazing and had James Sherry ferry you through that iconic part of your childhood, please drop us a line. Head across to our page on Instagram and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, we know it was a slightly food light episode. I'm surprised because Paul and I have just been eating like monsters at the moment. It is cold and my Goodness, we are eating well right now. So next week, we're going to thrill you and charm you with lots more wonderful foodie stories. For now, we hope you enjoyed this trip down memory lane. I'm Tegan Higginbotham. I'm Paul Verhoeven. And remember... The key's in the car! (laughs) Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Dish Island. Dish Island is a proud member of the ACAST Creator Network. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.